There was big recruiting weekends all across the country. Georgia hosted a bunch of visitors. Florida, they had a lot of recruits on campus. But you know we're going to do a video on Colorado. We want to find out what the recruiting reaction has been to Deion Sanders getting off to a 3-0 start in his first year at Colorado. So Buffs fans, do me a favor right now. Hit that subscribe button to the On3 Recruits page. All recruiting, all the time, and we are here to talk about Coach Prime. Now, Colorado, they stay perfect on the season with their win over Colorado State in overtime, of course, jumping out to a 3-0 start on the year. And Boulder, it was the place to be on Saturday. ESPN Game Day was there. Big Noon Kickoff was there. Lil Wayne was there. And so were some of the top recruits in the country, including the number seven overall prospect, five-star offensive tackle, Jordan Seaton. He pulled up to Boulder to watch the game in person, and he was supposed to be in Gainesville this week. And he had an official visit set to visit the Gators, but canceled it. He wanted to take an unofficial visit out to Colorado on his own dime. Now, I spoke with him last night. He was very excited to be back from the game. He said it was an amazing atmosphere and lived up to all the hype. He even got to kind of rub shoulders with some of the celebrities there. He got to meet Offset from the Migos, take a picture with Desi Banks, and of course, he got a photo with the Buffs mascot. It was Seton's first time out in Boulder and also his first time talking to Coach Prime. Never met Deion Sanders. He said that the Colorado recruiting staff has done a phenomenal job with him. Tim Brewster is his primary recruiter. He talks to the entire support staff, but hasn't had a chance to talk to Dion himself. He said he did just that before and after the game. He said Coach Prime made him a priority. Said that they need a left tackle, they need a right tackle to come play right away. He even alluded to the fact that, hey, maybe he'll go to Colorado and block for Bryce Underwood. I don't want to get ahead of myself right now. Right now, Jordan Seaton is still feeling it out. He's open, but tells me that he definitely definitely wants to take an official visit to Boulder said he'll probably do that later in the season this unofficial visit was kind of just to get his feet wet see if he liked Colorado see how the travel was see how the team said everything felt great and he's ready to make it back on an official visit later this season now Jordan Seaton he's in no rush to decide the number two ranked offensive tackle in the country is probably going to take his time take it into November possibly December all right, let's bring on Director of Recruiting for On3, Chad Simmons, to talk a little bit more Colorado. I want to know, four-star edge in Bama, Jeremiah Beeman was also at Colorado over the weekend. Now, he committed to Alabama in May. Chad, you spoke to him after the Colorado visit. What was his impression of that game day atmosphere in Boulder? You know, like Seton, he loved it. I think it surprised him a little bit being out there with the mountains. Again, I think the support coming from where he's from in Birmingham, Alabama, he grew up in SEC country, knowing Alabama, knowing Auburn, knowing Georgia, knowing Florida, LSU, and so on. He knows what the fan support's like in the SEC. He's been to Bama so many times. Uh, and I think it surprised him a little bit at the support uh, that the Colorado fans have for that program out there in Boulder, Colorado. I still think Coming back from this trip, obviously still committed to Alabama. I think he's still processing things, just kind of what he thinks about Colorado, how serious he is about his interest in Colorado. Now, I would not be surprised if he goes back for an OV. Uh, he told me that's very possible. Um, but I do think Alabama is still in a good spot to hang on here. But like you said, uh, he is keeping his options open with trips to Auburn coming up. Mm. All right, we'll see if Colorado can flip him down the stretch. 
Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback in the 2025 class, the number one player in the 2025 class was out in Boulder earlier than expected. He was supposed to go out there for the USC game, but he sped things up and made it out there last weekend. Chad Underwood has said that he wants to announce in early January. Now that's four months away, but this is still a crucial point in his recruitment. And do you think that Colorado is now among some of his top contenders? Yeah, I do, Josh. I don't think, you know, Bryce and his circle are wants to take, you know, trips that aren't serious, business-like trips. You know, they want to look and evaluate at the options they have and and see if it's a potential fit. And I think obviously, obviously Coach Prime um, caught his attention, uh, obviously the win over TCU. Uh, I think Sean Lewis also factored into this, obviously being an offensive guy at OC, uh, his play calling, what he's doing with Shador Sanders, now making him into a Heisman candidate, a potential NFL draft guy uh, coming out of this season. So I do think this was a real visit, not just to go meet Coach Prime in person for Bryce and his circle and his people. And I would put them up there. I do think mm. still LSU and Michigan uh, have been, and they are the two that everyone's linking to Bryce, but Colorado has to fall into that group now after a very positive, based on what I've heard, visit the Boulder. Yeah, so for the last couple months, you know, everybody's been saying that Underwood, it's going to be an LSU battle, it's going to be Michigan, but now Colorado is up in the mix. All right, five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker. He was not at Colorado. We're moving on from Colorado now. He took an official visit to Nebraska this weekend, and he commits in about six days. End of his recruitment is near. What's the latest on his recruitment as we're only about six days away? Look, we all know that things can change and change in a hurry, Josh, today in, in today's recruiting game, you know. But coming off this trip to Nebraska, still putting together some things there. But everything seems to be positive. But I'm not hearing enough about this visit to make me think they can jump up there with Texas and Ohio State, maybe even Oregon. They did give him the red carpet treatment, I'm told. Baker's been there, I think, three times now. His interest is legit, but I still come back to – Texas trending here, what, six days out for Brandon Baker. He's connected with Kyle Flood. They're off to a 3-0 start as well in Austin. They have a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. And he's looking for the best opportunity on and off the field during his college career and after. So Austin appeals to him from a business perspective, uh, the NIL opportunities. And obviously, Texas is going to the SEC Modern day puts a lot of guys in SEC programs right now, based on what I'm hearing six days out. Nebraska did a great job, but I still like where Texas is right now. All right. Speaking of Texas, five-star Ryan Wingo was back in Austin on an unofficial visit, brought his whole family with him. Chad, you spoke to Wingo after the trip. He gave you a December timeline. Do you think that he sticks to that? And what's your read on his top teams? Yeah, let's just hit rewind right here and replay what I just said about Brandon Baker in Texas. I like <laughs> Texas also for Ryan Wingo. I think, you know, obviously the timeline, I think there's still some cloudy information out there based on what I'm hearing on two different sides. I still think, you know, Wingo is not fully committed to make an earlier decision in December, but I do think that's still a real possibility. Uh, and based on what I'm hearing from other sources, I would probably lean towards him not taking it to the early signing period. I think there is a real shot that he makes a decision, you know, whether it's the coming weeks or the next month or so based on what I'm hearing. And again, going back to Texas, he was there again this past weekend, 
had a great time, spent a lot of time, like you said, with his entire family, uh, receivers coach Chris Jackson, head coach Steve Sarkeesian, uh, multiple commits, including five-star plus D lineman, edge guy Colin Simmons. Uh, other guys are in his ear. I think that Texas offense really appeals to Ryan Wingo. They're going to lose one or two guys, A.D. Mitchell, uh, worthy as well, maybe going to the NFL after this season. He sees the open spot, sort of play with a guy like Arch Manning, maybe even Quinn Ewers for a year, uh, and play in a system where they develop playmakers. They throw the football around to different people. So Missouri will be back there for their game this weekend in the Dome in the home state program. Obviously, he has connections there. He's been there around a dozen times. Uh, so Missouri's definitely trying to battle Texas, but right now the buzz is around the Longhorns for Ryan Wingo. All right, Chad, thanks for stopping by this Inside Scoop live show and dropping the latest intel on all things Colorado and a couple five stars. Appreciate you, Chad. Next up, we are going to talk some Georgia recruiting. Now, the Dogs survived their game against South Carolina 24-14. It wasn't pretty, but week three, it was all about surviving and moving on. There were some big-time recruits on campus, including a five-star that is now trending to the dogs coming off his weekend in Athens. Georgia fans, do me a favor right now, hit the subscribe button to the On3 Recruits channel. We got this recruiting only page for you guys, so do me a favor, hit subscribe. Right now, we're gonna bring on Rusty Mansell of Dogs HQ to break down Georgia's big visit weekend. Rusty, let's start with five-star defensive lineman, Aiden Breland out of California. He was at UGA on an unofficial visit, took his official during the summer. Dog's looking good here. Rusty, what are you hearing coming off this trip? Well, first of all, I got to redo my contract because I don't follow five stars. You know, I made me follow Chad Simmons, so I'm going to have to redo all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, Chad talked with Aiden Breedland, you know, had a great update yesterday on Dogs HQ. I also kind of checked in behind the scenes on this. And, you know, he was there Friday, Saturday, and left on Sunday morning after a breakfast with Kirby Smart. And listen, he is a big time major target for Georgia. That's no secret. Defensive line is a big priority for them. They've done a tremendous job. Trey Scott, Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, all spending time with him and kind of letting him know how big a priority he was. He got to spend some time with Warren Brinson. You know, it's a is a uh, real, you know, Warren Brinson's name keeps coming up with Georgia. He's one of those guys as a coaching staff, you have to be confident in a player to he, he's showing this player around the weekend. He's basically your representative of the company, so to speak. So Warren Brinson's a name to tuck around, tuck away because he's been doing some work as well behind the scenes. But, you know, Aiden Breeland, he's a major, major target there. Oregon, Miami, still the schools in this mix as well. So I think Georgia did everything they needed to do, but he's mm -hmm. not committed yet. And he doesn't have a time frame. But I don't see this one going maybe into November. Um, we'll see where Georgia is. But I think they, I think probably they, they feel pretty good there. But I don't think this one's quite over just yet, Josh. All right, let's take a step back, look at the D-line from kind of an overhead perspective. Mm -hmm. What does the defensive line board look like, and how much more space does Georgia have to take defensive linemen? I know this. They want L.J. McCray just as bad as they want anybody left on that board in Athens, the six foot six defensive end out of Daytona, um, Daytona Beach, Mainland High School. He's a major, major target. Just got his fifth star today from Charles Power. Uh, some verified measurements through the summer. His tape is backing that up, and, Josh, there's only, as you dig into it, there's only so many of those 6'6", 260, 270-pound bodies. And then when you add that length of 6'6", 
There's only so many of those basically five tech defensive ends. Those are guys are pitcher perfect in that three, four scheme. And, you know, Georgia seems to be battling Florida right now. He was down at Miami recently as well. So, you know, this is a big, big target. Um, you know, I don't think this one goes into December as well, but you look at Michael Burrow, uh, Mikhail Burrow, excuse me, Makai Burrow, can I announce his name right one time? Makai Burrow, the defensive lineman at a creek side. Now, he is a zero tech, true nose guard, six foot five and a half, 375 pounds from Creekside High School. And he decommitted from Florida, I believe, last Monday. Yeah, I, I think George is the favorite there. Now, is this going to be over anytime soon? I don't think so. Michigan is involved as well with that. Some other schools are going to get involved as well. When I start talking about there's only so many body types like that, if you need that true nose guard, that true anchor, that's one of those types of bodies as well that's, that's few and far between. So there's a kid from Metro Atlanta at Creekside High School. You know, you look at Breland and those two, I know Georgia would love to find a way. People say, how can they fit them in there? I quit trying to figure out Georgia's numbers <laughs> a long time ago because the only person that knows that number in that building is Kirby Smart. So if those three kids wanted to commit, Georgia would find a way to make sure they're in this class. Okay. Like you said, there's just not a lot of big athletic bodies out there. True. And when you're hot, you got to take them all. Yep. That's what Georgia's trying to do. Now, there was another five-star on campus that we need to talk about. That's mm -hmm. safety K.J. Bolden, who committed yep. to FSU in early August. Yep. Now, he did say he'd still be tra taking trips, so yep. he has stuck good to his word because this weekend he was back in Athens. What should Georgia fans make of this most recent visit for K.J. Bolden? I think you just know that Georgia's not giving up. I mean, I think the interview the day after he committed to Florida State was, look, Kirby, I talked to Kirby Sunday, committed to Florida State on Saturday night. I talked to Kirby. He said, I talked to Kirby on Sunday morning. I talked to Fran Brown on Sunday morning. Georgia didn't, they didn't, they knew that one was not over. Now I'll say this. I, I know this family pretty well. and know a lot of people around him. Florida State has a really good stronghold on KJ Bolden. And I think as of right now, so if you're looking at 918 uh, on September the 18th, I think Georgia is the only school to me that is the legit threat here okay. that has a chance to keep him from Florida State. Now, Josh, we had a chance at the own three elite series in Nashville. We had a chance to uh, meet his family, and it was awesome. And his grandparents were there. It tells you how close he is with his grandparents. Here's a little nugget for you. His grandparents came to Athens on Saturday. So that tells you, you know, that tells you that he still he has George just has his attention and his family's attention. He met with Kirby Smart before the game. His family met with Kirby Smart before the game. And had got long So this was George not even on this one. This will go all the way to December. I'll say this: I don't want to try to try to build things up. I do think Florida State has a really good hold on him, but I do think if you're Florida State, the one team that you kind of worry about and how many times they get campaign would be Georgia. The defending champs, the in-state team, of course Florida State's going to have to keep an eye on Georgia throughout until yeah. K.J. Bolden signs on that dotted line. Yeah. All right, now Georgia has made – or I should say Georgia is trending now heavily for a five-star edge coming out of this visit weekend. We're talking about five-star 2025 Zayden Walker, one of the top priorities for the dogs already in that class. And it looks like they're going to be building another top-ranked class on top of top-ranked class. What are you hearing about Zayden Walker in his potential timetable for a decision? Well, Chad spoke with him, and Chad was the one that logged that that, that cast in, that that decision in for for Georgia. And I'll, I'll say this about Zayden Walker: I'm a part of a 
uh, freshman all-star game in the state of Georgia, Georgia League Classic, and we had Zayden Walker that fresh his freshman year, and he was playing linebacker, and the team, the sophomore team, throws a slant route, and he jumps up in the flat one-handed and intercepts a slant route. I was like, oh, my goodness, this kid from Sly County, I had to figure out where Sly County was, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, Zayden Walker, we got him listed as an edge, but I'll tell you, mm -hmm. long, I'll tell you long term what he is. He's going to play inside linebacker. And if you've known me over 13 years, I just I just don't get into the comparison stuff because I feel like it puts too much on, on the play, the high school player. But I'll say this. It's hard for me not to look at Zayden Walker and think, man, this is Smile Munden. Smile Munden was a five star prospect. A lot of people project him next year to be a first rounder or early second round draft pick because he can run and play sideline to sideline. Zayden Walker, man, this guy can fly. I heard his workout in Athens was one of the best ever at that position under this staff. So if Georgia can land Zayden Walker, now his half brother Jalouis Solomon is committed to Auburn. So there's going to be some there's going to be some some twists and turns as this one goes down. But if Georgia is able to get him early and hold on to him that is a massive massive win for glenn schumann well it was a tight win for georgia on the field but it sounds like they made up some ground on the recruiting trail rusty mansell thank you for stopping by the inside scoop today appreciate it, josh appreciate you all right we're gonna keep this live show rolling we're gonna talk a little uf recruiting here in a second Billy Napier had this to say on Saturday night, not long after the Gators defeated Tennessee 29-16, quote, you got to get them in the building and you've got to cash it in, right? And they did cash it in. Billy Napier's program got good news on the recruiting front. Four-star running back Waltez Clark, he committed over the weekend. He was the Gators' top running back target in the 2025 class. Now as the dust settles on the big weekend, I want to know who could be next to commit to the Florida Gators. UF fans, do me a favor right now. Hit the subscribe button. We're about to get started. This is a recruiting-only channel with all recruiting all the time. Hit subscribe. Let's bring on Corey Bender from Gators Online. We're not going to waste any time getting into the juice here. Corey, what did you hear on newly minted five-star defensive lineman LJ McCray? He was in Gainesville. What's the word coming out of his unofficial visit to Florida? Yeah, Josh, I think it was perfect timing for Florida. What we were told it was a one-of-a-kind one experience. You know, Florida backed up what they've been saying all along. And you and I have talked about this before. A lot of these schools, you can be an off-season all-star. You can say all the right things and have the big visit weekends. But Florida, this was the big game circled on the calendar for them, and they knocked it out of the park with arguably their biz, uh, biggest visit weekend of the year. So, you know, they backed up what they've been preaching, and McCray took notice of that. He really liked the energy, the physicality from the defense's line as well. You know, he's not going to announce until October. You know, FSU still has an OB on the schedule too. I think that's going to be the really determining date, I think, is recruitment. I think Florida and Georgia right now are the two schools that I've been hearing the most about. But Florida State's right there, and they have the opportunity to strike goal next month too. So, Corey, do you think that the Gators did enough? If this ends up being L.J. McRae's last visit to Gainesville, did the Gators do enough to land him? I think so. I think right now, if that was his last trip, it could have went any better. I think going into the visit, Josh, you and I spoke off the radar about, off the radar about this. Florida was in a really good spot entering the weekend. And I think if you're that Billy Napier staff, if you're Sean Spencer, the D-line coach, you have to be brimming with joy. Couldn't have went out any better on the field. They spent a lot of time with them before and after the game as well. So 
they had a really good showing. They showed him everything they had in the offseason. The kid has seen everything around Gainesville. You know, he's familiar with campus. It's not that far of a drive from Daytona Beach. So it's really about showing that growth on the field, really showing what they've been preaching. And, you know, Florida, Florida lived up to everything they've been saying to him. Yeah. And um, we'll see what happens. I was hearing some rumors before the weekend that LJ McRae could potentially have committed to Florida during his visit. Now, that did not happen. McRae went back home. He's going to take that official to FSU in October and then make his decision shortly thereafter. So we'll see what happens. Now, his teammate, four-star safety Zay Mincy, was also in town. Uh, he also goes to Mainland High School. And last week, he attended the Miami-Texas A&M game. Coming out of that, he told our co-workers at Kane Sport that he was ready to make a silent commitment that week and then announce where he's going in January at the All-Star Game. So do you think he committed to Florida this week, this past week? I'm not going to say he committed to Florida yet, but I think overall his recruitment is extremely close between uh, Florida and Miami. I think you have schools like Florida State, you have Alabama in the background that could get visits down the line, but... I think Florida, I think Miami out of their first game when they got on for Texas A&M, I thought they were positioned best, right? And it mm -hmm. goes back to the timing of what we've been saying all along. And then, you know, Florida, they have Tennessee. It's another big, two big visit weekends in a row for him. So I think if you're asking most recruits, I would say the Florida-Tennessee game probably topped that experience. I mean, I've been to so many Florida games, and that was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in. So I think overall, you know, like he's going to make a silent commitment. I think right now it's truly a coin flip. I think right now it might be Florida might be the choice, but I think these next several weeks will be key. Just kind of, even if he doesn't go on these visits, just kind of monitoring both those teams from afar and kind of going from there. But I think it's truly a coin flip right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not buying the whole silent commit thing. Like who can keep yeah. a secret for four months? And also if a verbal commitment when you go public almost means nothing, it kind of means that you're stating a leader. What does a silent commitment these days signify? Nothing, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing. Things can change in the heartbeat. Florida could be the, the leader. They can get a silent commitment. And even in these schools, the season goes the other way, not as expected. Things could change. It's just, like you said, it's unofficially saying, hey, they're my leader right now. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens with Zay Mincy. But um, regardless of a silent commitment, I do think the Gators are in a great, great spot. Kind of feel like this is shaping up to be a um, Miami-UF battle. We'll see what happens. Now, there was also a lot of commitments on campus for this big game. And what do you think a game does for out-of-state commitments? Guys like a Wardell Mack and a Jamonte Waller, what does a game like this do for their commitments? Yeah, I spoke to both those guys right after the game. And, you know, Waller was one kid that was nearly speechless. He was all smiles when he came out and basically said there's no other place he wants to be. You know, kids say that and they still might take other visits. I asked him that same question and – Nothing's set right now, but other schools are going to keep kind of staying in his ear. But you can tell this visit went, you know, definitely surpasses expectations overall. You know, Austin Armstrong, the D.C., you know, he's a hot name in the college football world. He's been recruiting him for about three, four years at two other schools. So that relationship played a big role. But also Florida's scheme to allow Waller to kind of go from linebacker to the edge, it fits his game perfectly. So when he came out, he basically said, yeah, there's no place I'd rather be. So I think right now you have to be happy where he stands. Wardell Mack, he's still going to take a visit to Florida State. I believe it's for the Miami game. But same type of feeling from him. He was very happy after the game, very, very satisfied with Florida's uh, defensive performance. Said all the right things, saying, you know, he's locked in with Florida. And there's nothing really to worry about if you're a Florida fan. But 
we're still circling that four state visit. Nothing's uh, official until December. And, you know, Texas and LSU are pushing hard for them, too. I want to say hard, but they're definitely still in the mix recruiting them. Those mm-hmm. are the final four schools at the front end. So I think right now, as of today on Monday, you have to feel good about him staying in Florida's class. But we still have about two and a half, three months ago. Yeah, that was a big win for some of those out-of-state commitments that just wanted to see the Gators take the next step, and they certainly did that beating number 11 Tennessee. All right, so after the game, Billy Napier talked about cashing it in, and he did. They landed 2025 running back Waltez Clark. He was a priority target for the Gators, but you know UF fans want to hit that recruiting ATM one more time and get some more cash out of it. Based on your intel... Everything you've heard, everybody you've talked to throughout the weekend, what recruits should Gator fans have on their radar for a potential commitment, say in the next, you know, three, four, five weeks? Yeah, I, I think right now, I mean, McCray's one you have to keep an eye on because we're not that far away from his decision. Yeah. I mean, we have to start with him. He's obviously a five-star guy near the very top of the board. That's going to be one that just kind of has all fan bases at the edge of their seat until he actually get, puts those words out of his mouth. So I think he's definitely the guy you have to start with. Zay Mincy, he's not going to announce for a while. One name to kind of keep in mind that's kind of a sleeper guy is Favor Edmond. Uh, he's a six-foot-eight offensive tackle out of the Peach State. And it kind of goes back with Jordan Seaton. So Florida doesn't like hosting in-season official visitors unless it's Jordan Seaton. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna make it work for him. Whenever he wants to come in, Florida will figure it out. Um, but they're still recruiting other guys, kind of having that insurance in case they miss out on him. Because as we know, he's gonna take a lot of OBs. So before Edmund was told this past weekend, hey, we want you, you know, you're a priority, they're gonna set up an OB. That kind of said to me where Florida kind of feels a little bit with Jordan Seaton. You know, they obviously feel good, but hey, you know, we're far away from the finish line. So He's one of two other 2025s I'll mention is Auburn D-line commit Malik Autry. He's been to campus about three or four times this year. Florida's pushing the hardest to flip him, so he's one to keep an eye on. And Chris McCorkle out of Sarasota, he's another 2025 kid. A DB, he's teammates with Teddy Foster, who's committed to Florida. So Florida's the leader there. We're going to be keeping close tabs on him in the coming weeks. All right. Well, it sounds like the Gators got a quite a bit of momentum coming off that win at Tennessee. They needed that. Billy Napier needed that. He gets his signature win. Corey Bender, thank you for stopping by the inside scoop after a busy weekend at Gators Online. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And that is it. Corey Bender from Gators Online. Thank you for joining the show. We just went live. We're going to do this every Monday. Thursday show will come out taped in the morning as usual, but Monday we're going to go live. So I'd love if you guys were in the comment section, letting me know what you think of where these guys are going. Also, if there's any topics you want me to cover, drop us a line and also hit the subscribe button on the on three recruits page. We will be back this Thursday.